How's it going? I'm Xander Fryer, just another millennial corporate dropout turned entrepreneur. Since quitting my day job as an engineer just over four years ago, I built a multi-million dollar coaching business, mentoring seven-figure business owners, professional athletes, award-winning musicians, Hollywood actors, best-selling authors, and hundreds of aspiring entrepreneurs. I truly believe that when we couple the right knowledge with a strong desire for action, anything is possible. But most of us are never given the right knowledge, the shit you don't learn in college. The Sidlik Podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, finance, sports, health, and entertainment in order to help you live a life filled with more money, more meaning, and more freedom than you ever thought possible. Get ready to learn the shit you don't learn in college. All right, welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. Today, we've got my good friend Jake Poole on the show. Jake is a public speaker, author, and CEO. He earned his MBA from Xavier University and now started, owned, uh, and run several seven-figure businesses. Among them, he started Fire Gang Dental Marketing in 2010, building that company up to one of the most successful marketing companies in dentistry. He left in 2016, having helped thousands of dentists build practice uh, with new patients that they love. Uh, in 2016, Jake helped found the Dentist Entrepreneur Organization, DEO. As current president and CEO of DEO, Jake works exclusively with emerging market group dental practices by building a community of like-minded group practice owners. Jake gives group practice leaders the resources and support they need to move forward from disjointed dots on a map to unified, thriving dental group enterprises making millions and thinking like a CEO. In this episode, we're going to go into how he went from living in a trailer park to running a $5 million business, how marketing has changed over the last 10 years. We're going to talk about the secret to launching any business, even if you don't have a product yet. And then as a business owner and CEO, when to delegate and when to learn to develop as a leader. And don't forget, we only spread our message when you share this knowledge with others that need it. So if you enjoy this episode, please share it on your social and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you never miss any great episodes. And if you've gotten any value from this podcast, please go to sidlickbook.com to grab your pre-sale copy of the Shit You Don't Learn in College book open now. Everyone who buys the book during the pre-sale launch will get over $3,000 in bonus trainings and programs, so you'll want to head over to sydlicbook.com to check it out now. All right, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. I've got my good friend Jake Poole with us today. Jake. Welcome to the show. I'm excited. I know you have an awesome audience, and so I'm excited to dig I'm, in. I'm excited to dig in with you, man. Now, um, you know, obviously, I know you've got an amazing business. I know you and your wife very well. Um, I would love for everybody to meet Jake, get the history of how you became an entrepreneur. You know, Now you help hundreds and thousands of, of dentists and practices build their businesses. Um, you've built multiple, multiple, seven, multiple, multiple seven-figure businesses, mm -hmm. is that right? Um, so I'd love for you to kind of give a brief history of your story and how you got to where you are now. Yeah, you know, we go as far as, uh, as many rabbit holes, um, but you know, the, the gist of it is uh, I grew up in Ohio, um, grew up with uh, probably not a ton of resources, I actually grew up in a, in a trailer park, which I've grown really? to like be like really proud of and, and yeah, wear it like a badge, you know, um, you didn't, didn't have any, any resources or mentors or didn't yeah. know anything. Um, but when I grew up, um, you know, I just told myself I wanted to 
uh, you know, have more. I wanted to yeah. have access to more. So, um, do, you, I was, do you remember like when that initially came up for you? Were you like, yeah, it's funny. Three years old on the playground, five years old on the playground, or was it like high school? Yeah, no, I remember lots of stuff. Anyone that's probably listening that grew up poor probably can relate. You know, there's, there's, it's a, like daily instances, right? It's, yeah going to school and not having the clothes that everyone has or coming yeah. back from, you know, Christmas vacation and everyone talks about the gifts and, you know, you don't really have a lot to talk about that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I had to do a little bit of work on. Mm-hmm. And then I was going to say, really you, don't, yeah. you don't seem broken. No, no, no. Of course. <laughs> it's an amazing thing because it gave me, I was always motivated yeah. like, from the very beginning. Um, to be successful, you know, whatever that, we'll probably get to find that later. Yeah. Um, but I was always like, you know, I think there's more out there for me. And everyone in my family, even since then, um, we've all kind of grown and, and really, I don't know, leveled up a little yeah. bit from that. So so I'm, I'm very grateful uh, for that. Um, but that led to me working at a, at a young age. I mean, I started, as soon as I was like 13 or 14, I yeah. found out you can caddy, you can umpire. So I did umpiring. Um, and I was like, I just got to make a little bit of money, you know. Yeah. So um, did all kinds of jobs in high school. And um, ended up, uh, you know, going to college, went to college for marketing. I do remember kind of having an epiphany, which I was walking to class and I was like, you know, what am I going to major in? And I I realized if I can get like customers to a thing, whatever whatever the thing might be, I will will always be valuable, right? Like that's the most valuable thing. Yeah. And so at that moment, I changed. That's such a, that's such a brilliant thing to realize (laughs) though at such a young age. Like I wish I learned that. At a young age. It makes sense, right? Yeah. I mean, any company is going to want you if you can yeah. if you can attract customers. So um, so majored in marketing there, um, graduated, got a got kind of a, a normal job, worked for a company called Marathon Oil, big oil company, got really big corporate experience. But as soon as I got that that uh, job, I was really interested in entrepreneurship. Again, yeah. just, just pushing the limits. And within like a month, I was online and Craigslist looking for like hustles, like side hustles. And so I bought a um, I bought a like a vending machine route, like little yeah. quarters where yeah. you get candy. Uh, it was six machines, and it was in like nail shops and dry cleaners and stuff. And I, you know, so I bought it. It was like a thousand bucks. You say how much? A thousand. It was bucks? about a thousand bucks, and I think over like six months, it produced like two thousand twenty five hundred. Yeah. Um, so, so that was my first endeavor, which was kind of random. And then I parlayed that into my buddy and I, um, which is funny. So we started doing something else, and I just like forgot about those and yeah. like, they might still be in the the places like the oh nail shop like, i never would they just oh I don't my know, God. maybe somebody else grabbed them and, and, and got them <laughs> so i just kind of moved on so um then my a buddy and i we had an idea for a t-shirt uh to to sell a, like a college football t-shirt yeah. one night after a game and um so we throw this t-shirt online it was something about ohio state and michigan and the next morning we woke up and there was like 30 sales on ebay um, oh man and so it was just a jpeg though we didn't know so yeah. I woke up and we had to fulfill 30 t-shirts and my buddy like, what do we do now? So I had to call around all the print shops. Figure out, yeah. Yeah, how, how to, how to print think, these things. I think that's a really important <laughs> lesson though. It's like, you know, you, you hear this from good marketers and good salespeople is like, you have to go test the market, test the industry first to make sure that there's a, there's a desire, there's demand and then go fulfill the supply. Right. And you actually did that in college accidentally. I, I heard a whole bunch of kind of like, you know, kind of fo- business folks, you know, like following like Noah Kagan and uh, yeah. folks like that. And they would always say, sell something first and go fulfill it. And yeah, I believe in that big time. Yeah. I mean, it's the, the fulfillment part is the easy part, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah. So we if, ended- any, if anybody's listening, yeah. just listen to that part again, rewind 30 seconds. The fulfillment part is the easy part. I think, I think so many people get caught up in like the fulfillment's got to be perfect. They spend mm. all their time in that. And then they forget that you have you have nothing to fulfill if you don't sell. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a certain level, yeah, a little bit of perfectionism that comes yeah. into play that you've got to got to fight. But 
But making the sale and providing value, you know, my entrepreneurial mindset is always solving problems, providing value to customers. Yeah. Like, and so as long as you're doing that, you'll figure out, I mean, it sounds easy, you know? I mean, so I say like the film <laughs> is easy. simple. Yeah, it's, 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 simple. it's not easy. Like I say it's easy, but you know, we got the next day and we had 30 orders. I had no idea how to do it. And I'm yeah. on 24 seven trying to figure this out. Went to different, you know, shops and, and we figured it out. But yeah, it wasn't, it took time and yeah. it was not, but it, but it was simple. You know, you just call shops and get them fulfilled. So, yeah. um, so we did that. It's a and, great way to learn too. It's just like put yourself under the gun and like you just have to go figure it out. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So and, and then with eBay and all these kind of marketplaces now, you can put stuff, you can put JPEGs up yeah. and sell them. It's even evolved to literal JPEGs with NFTs and yeah. things, you know. So um, so yeah, that was that was kind of the beginning. And um, and then I got a job uh, working in digital marketing uh, for a big kind of the old yellow pages. Uh, yeah. they, were, they were moving over to digital. So ran a sales team there and then eventually uh, quit that and started a marketing agency. That's when that's when it really started. So. That's amazing, man. So yeah. when you started, you started marketing, what would that be 10 years ago or so? Or yeah. So, so I, I quit the kind of corporate stuff about, yeah, about 10 years ago, um, yeah. maybe, maybe 12, 10 or 12. Um, and we started an agency. So that's a yeah. great business to start because again, you can go sell the thing, which is like, hey, I'm somebody gonna... else has the product. Yeah, you just need to sell that product. Right. Yeah. So we were like, okay, there's um, you know, any all these local businesses, locksmiths yeah. and dentists and lawyers and car dealerships and anyone that you look around, they need more leads. Mm -hmm. And I was obsessed. I was listening to all the podcasts and how to yeah. like do SEO. And I was stuff gonna like say that. like ten years ago, it wasn't it wasn't Facebook ads. It was SEO. It was Google. Yeah, right? and it's all out there to learn. You yeah. know, like I I just was self taught. I just taught myself how to like rank in Google and. Yeah. Um, you know, with our t-shirts, I was able, I, we did SEO there too. I was like, well, shoot, if I, if I can rank when somebody searches Ohio State t-shirts, I'll probably sell a lot of t-shirts. I'll probably sell a couple, yeah. Yeah, and so, so we learned SEO Get there. visibility. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, started the agency and, um, and just got clients, literally started picking up the phone, calling people around Cincinnati, Ohio, which is where we lived, the electricians, anyone that would talk to me, I'd walk in and say, hey, we can get you more leads. Um, here's the price and, you know turned over enough rocks and got some clients. And oh, that's so, amazing. So yeah, so we built that and then we turned that into a dental only. only. Yeah. So a lesson there is niching down. So what, I think this is this is a great lesson that I want everybody to listen into because you were, you said you were working with electricians, you were working yes. with locksmiths, you were doing everything. And eventually you, like obviously you started in the beginning a little bit experimental. You just had yeah. to go do this, yeah. put your hands in everything and then you found a niche that really worked for you. Like how, like, how did you narrow down yeah. on dentistry? Well, I, I like to use the like scale test. Like if, yeah. if we grow 10 times our size, what does this look like? And immediately yeah. that exposed the problem. So so we were at like, let's say 20, 25 clients. I was like, well, if we get 250 clients, I remember getting a client that was like, it's kind of funny now, but like they were vaccinations. They were like, yeah. you go to them to get vaccination for you to go travel. This is yeah. like, you know, eight years ago or so. And I was like, this is, this is pre This is pre where like anyone knows what that even is. Yeah. You know, like I didn't, you didn't even knew you had to get a vaccination to go to different countries. And I was like, so you have to sit down and to learn about this business. Yeah. You can build a website and then you can rank it. I was like, what, what, what am I, I'm going to keep learning all like 9,000 businesses. businesses. Yeah. Yeah. And so we just sat down and we audited all of our clients. We were like, okay, what are, who are the easiest to work with? Who do we enjoy the most? Who are we providing the most value to? Yeah. Right. And then it became very clear out of all of those is between lawyers and dentists. They were just like every client we had that we were providing awesome results. They were happy. It was just, we we're in momentum. We we're in flow. Yeah. And so we're like, okay. And then I started doing mental experiments. What if all of our clients were dentists? Like, oh, it started to sound like an awesome life. Yeah. So, so that's what we did. And so then we, we then I got into dentistry. Yeah. Um, we built that up. You know, about twenty five employees and um, all kinds of stuff there. Ended up selling that that <laughs> sell, selling that business to my business partner. Yeah. So went through a partnership kind of thing there. And then um, 
met another guy who was doing kind of mentorship and business, uh, teaching business yeah. to dentists, teamed up with him. And that's where we started my current business. So now we, we teach basically how to grow and scale to um, your business to dentists. That's from, you know, usually one location to multiple locations yeah. and anywhere from, you know, 2 million in revenue up to our largest client has a hundred million in revenue. Wow. So I see the book, I don't know if that's scaling up, scaling book. up, scaling yeah. book up and traction. Like these are, these were like my Bibles, like learning yeah. how to scale businesses. Oh, that's interesting. Um, and so that's what I do now. I help, uh, we got about 270 clients that, you know, we work with on a, on a monthly basis. Um, we do five events and, and yeah, we teach dentists how to scale and grow. That's amazing. So obviously you've, you've developed a knack for marketing specifically for, for dentists. Yeah. Like over the last 10 years, it, you, you've got this experience over a bunch of different industries then into a single industry. How have you seen marketing change over the last 10 years? Yeah, well, what it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, um, first of all, direct marketing is yeah. like the way to go, right? Um, I remember, again, when, when, you I, say, when you say direct marketing, you Well, mean, okay, I'll tell you. I, for I'll anybody you, who's not familiar. I'll yeah. tell you the story. So um, we, were, we were trying to figure out marketing. We were going to like trade shows. And I, I mean, yeah. I, I just knew what I knew in school, right? This one, I had the, the agency and we were just going into, into dentists. We were targeting dentists. So we like... I went to a couple of dental events and I was like speaking in front of dentists. And then we like do some blog posts and we're just throwing a bunch of the wall. And then I remember listening to a podcast and it was this guy who was like into Infusionsoft. He was yeah. into like direct marketing, Dan Kennedy style mm -hmm. stuff. And I was at a co-working space with, with a buddy and this guy was talking about funnels yep. and he was talking about like direct mail to a landing page, response rates onto the calendar and you close 30% of those. And it's like, I spend $500 and I know I get one client. And my buddy was like, after I got done with this podcast, this guy's explaining me. Basically, he was explaining direct marketing. Yeah. Right? Direct yeah. marketing is like, I put a dollar out, and I can measure every step of the way, and I can measure exactly what that dollar What that is. return. Right. It's, it's direct response. So every you know every ad I put out, I'm doing it because I want a, I want a, a response directly. I don't want yeah. like a TV commercial where eight months later- Somebody buys. Somebody buys, right? Or a, or a billboard that builds a brand that two years later- Exactly. It's like, yeah. it's like now. And so- um. I, I, I just remember getting off that podcast and my buddy was watching me. I was at this co-working space. He's like, what did you just, you look like you just saw a ghost. <laughs> a ghost. And I was like, dude, what I just listened to about this idea of direct marketing is going to change everything. Yeah. And so we just went all in like with Facebook ads. We, we went over to the Fusionsoft and, and never since then I've just been all direct marketing. Yeah. So, so, I mean, that's one thing is, you know, I don't know if it's, there's, there's a lot of micro trends. I mean, you have Facebook kind of changing now yeah. and, and things like that. But to me, like direct marketing skill is is absolutely fundamental. But I will say what's happening right now, I think there's a trend back to like non-direct marketing, like, br like branding and, um, Ex and- Explain that to me a little bit. What are you seeing? Well, okay. It, I mean, it, it's, it gets a little bit granular with like Facebook, the way Facebook changed, but yeah. a lot of your audience might be running Facebook ads. Like the tracking before Facebook came out and, and Google Analytics got really, really good, you didn't have a lot of this tracking, right? right? And think about it in like 1990s, like you had to run ads that, that were, that you just think direct response is harder, right? Yeah. Was, well, was you're really... in the 1990s, you were, it was a TV placement or exactly. a newspaper ad. Exactly. And you don't know who exactly saw it. You don't know how many people got to that page in the newspaper. That's right. That's right. And so tracking is getting a little bit harder, especially with what's coming out, you know, with, with, um, with Apple tracking emails. Yeah, and things, yeah. yeah. And so it's getting, it's getting a little bit more towards just having really, really good, advertising like yeah. actual creative you know and the fact that a lot of people are getting burnt out with just headlines that that are just kind of spammy or super ads. markety hooky like yeah the, the trend is just more, more towards, seven days to six pack abs exactly like <laughs> like i think the standards are getting higher and yeah. you have to come to the table with actual like more creative advertising yeah, yeah. 
That's amazing. Yeah, so so we're kind of diving into that, but um, but I think it's with everything, right? It's just going to get more and more competitive, and then the the standards are going to get higher and higher over time. Yeah, eventually you hit that plateau of like what you simply you just put this ad out there before, and all of a sudden you're getting all this traffic and money. Now you got to be good at what you do. Yes, exactly, exactly. So that's that's definitely um, a trend we're seeing. We're seeing a lot with video, obvious ones. With video. We're spending a lot more time on video. Yeah. Um, yeah, media, like creating more media, actual things that look good, things like that. So, yeah. yeah. So one thing, one thing, you know, we're talking about direct response and, and marketing, I think would be really helpful. Can you, can you talk about the difference between like branding and direct response a little bit? So maybe like, you know, I think a lot of people when they think marketing, they think of, uh, your, your logo and your, your brand yeah. colors and things yeah. like that. Could you talk to that a little bit? Yeah. So, so that, that's a, that, that's a good common almost, I wouldn't say it's a misperception, but people get a little bit misguided on that. Yeah. So um, I remember. When I, know, I, was, I know a lot of like starting yeah. entrepreneurs yeah. that when they first start their business, like you, like you getting into marketing, you're like, yeah. oh, I need to drive customers to a product. Yeah. When most people think of marketing, like I think I think of all the starting entrepreneurs that go, I need to spend five grand on a on logo. a website, yeah, and logo, and two two grand on a logo, and yeah. uh, I don't know, put a mission statement together yeah. or something. That's not at all what I, what I consider <laughs> branding. I mean, I think that's like level like 100 of branding. I mean, you do yeah. eventually get to the point where that is the most But you have to get to that point. The, the most, for me, branding is about, um, it's more about messaging and positioning. Like when, yeah. like what what do you do that's different? What yeah. Like what, when, when somebody thinks about you, um, what are they thinking about? Like, yeah. you know, like, like Xander is, um, helps coaches, but not like most people. He, he does it in a real way. And he has these people on like Jake who um, don't, you know, who, who are, are on the ground floor doing the stuff every day. And yeah. it's, it's different. Like whenever, whatever they, they think about you, it's like, and, and how do you make yourself like really referable? Right. Yeah. So this is something we're kind of working on with our, with our company. When people are like, what does DEO do or dentist entrepreneur organization? Yeah. It needs to be really succinct. It needs to be really clear, under clear understandable. If you have this problem, you go to this company. Yeah. Right. And then the branding comes in like you, you a dentist. Yes. You, you have a you have one or multiple locations and you want to grow, go to Jake. Right. right. And how do you and so the branding comes like how do you instill like that thought into the whole marketplace? Like how yeah. do I get everyone to understand my business so simply that they understand like, oh, I have that problem that they were talking about and now I go here. Yeah. It's almost like automatons, like you need to like yeah. <laughs> you know, you need to like ingrain it in their brain so much that yeah. they just automatically do it. But it's gotta be stupid simple, really. Stupid simple. So yeah, there, there's a lot. I don't know if you have any examples in your, in your audience. Like, who, like, who, are, who is the typical like business in your audience? Like, that would need to be start thinking about their brand the way we're talking about it. Um, I don't know. I think um, you know. So maybe let's just call it like a like a generic health coach. Right, right. right. And so and so like you know when you're thinking about branding, it's not really about the logo or like yeah. the design. It's like okay, you're a health coach. What are all the other health co coaches doing? What do you yeah. uniquely do? Are you yeah? What type of health coach do you coach? Weight loss? Do you coach autoimmune? Do you coach you know, very specifically, who is that 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 person that you're trying to help and the solution you're trying to solve? Right. So that would be like the brand messaging, and then in your like branding, how do you kind of exhibit that or evoke that over and over and over again? Yeah. In your marketplace, yeah. that's how I think about branding, at least. I love that. Um, so you you and I were talking about this earlier before we started recording. Yeah. You work with dentists. Yeah. Um, this is to this day one of my favorite. A lot of people. It's really my funny. favorite yeah. audiences. Yeah, a lot of people uh, do. And, and the reason is like from a, from a sheer business standpoint for everybody to understand, um, dentistry might seem, uh, like a non-sexy thing for you because a lot of people don't like going to the dentist because mm -hmm. they find out that they get cavities. I enjoy going to the dentist cause I've got great teeth. Thank you very much. <laughs> so far. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. far. Yeah. Good point. 
Um, but dentistry is, it, it's something that's almost mandatory, right? So people have to go to the dentist. So it's compulsory. It's almost so like your business almost sells itself. But because of that, most dentists, they go to school for dentistry. They're all entrepreneurs, right? But they're never taught how to be entrepreneurs and actually sell and market. Yeah. So this is the exact opposite of the way that you approached entrepreneurship, right? They came into it focusing on the product yeah. and making sure it's a stellar product. You came into it knowing that you need to sell. And whatever the product might be, you can make that great, but you need to be able to sell it. So how do you help dentists become entrepreneurs, become CEOs? Like, what are some of the things that you have to teach them? Yeah, well, first, you nailed, you nailed an interesting point, which is this idea of, like, the recurring nature of dentistry, um, yeah. which is different than healthcare. So you have, you know, like, medical healthcare, and then you have, like, dental healthcare, dental yeah. care. And dental is super unique because of exactly that. In fact, you know, there's, there's some of the businesses that we work with, they kind of think of their business in the same way that a SaaS company does. I, I, would, I was going to say, like, yeah. you, you want to look at it like lifetime value. You want to yep. keep them, you know, retaining exactly for right. longer. Yep. Yeah. yeah, what's the retention rate, those yep. kind of things. So there's, you know, you come in twice a year for hygiene and then you kind of like, you know, I wouldn't say upsell, but you kind of like, sometimes you get diagnosed with other things. Yeah. And then you have there's other things happening. So, yeah. so it's very unique um, and you're exactly right. There's a lot of kind of vertical, not a lot, there's there's a handful of verticals like this where there's the practitioners, like a, optometrist or a vet or a chiropractor who, um, you know, they go to school for the, the, the practical, yeah. you know, elements. They're like engineers almost. Yeah. And then they wake up and find themselves as business owners. As, as a business owner. Yes. Like you're just thrust into entrepreneurship. Thrust in it. And, and a lot of them, the kind of the joke is they don't talk about it in dental school. You know, so when they're, yeah. they're they're in dental school, they don't get learned virtually any of this, like a little bit of it. So they, yeah. they wake up, all of a sudden they have like HR problems. They have, yeah. Finance problems, QuickBooks, and you know all this. We may need to make a shit you don't learn in college book just for totally. dentists. They would love it. They we'll would we'll love collaborate it. on yeah, that. Yeah, I could probably we'll help. On I that. could probably help with that. So, <laughs> so that's what's it's, it's very interesting. And, and um, so then you have you have dentists. And what we what I've found over the years is that um, a lot of them go, like some of them go to dental school and they 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 like dentistry. Yeah. They may not love it. A lot, some of them love it, and it's like they're the real kind of artists. Yeah. You know what I mean, they're like the real practice. They're, they're like. I just had this like image musicians. of like a dentist in my mouth painting my teeth. Yeah, like, like they're, they're Mona Lisa or something. Yeah, they're like really, really good at um, at the, the the technical and, and artistic yeah. aspect of it. Um, but then you have some that kind of did like any any profession that really actually deep down they feel like entrepreneurs. Yeah. Right. So some dentists go into dentistry because they wanted to control their schedule. They wanted yeah. you know to be able to do things outside of work. And and a lot of folks that come to us they they didn't really realize it's like this moment. Where they're like, wait, I'm an entrepreneur. The accidental entrepreneur. Yeah, they they don't they didn't really know that, and so so that part's really cool, and um and what basically this leads to us doing really awesome people. Yeah. Um, the fact that you know anyone that goes into healthcare usually it's for a pretty noble reason. You serve. Totally. Yeah. So so we have a, a bunch of people in our marketplace who don't learn the skills usually, yeah. and they're coming from a really good place. And they're super smart. Yeah. And all they need is the tools. To, just a to, little bit of direction. Just a yeah. little bit of direction. So, so that's to say, um, what do we do to help them? So, we kind of look at it this way: uh, you have your mom and kind of corner dental practice, yeah, which is like you know Mr. Smith Dental, whatever. That's kind of how the industry's been for the past fifty years or more. Um, with a lot of these industries, they're becoming what's called consolidated. Yeah. Meaning, it makes a lot more sense for the hiring and the business side of dentistry. To be run by the business. For it to be actual business, multiple. And, exactly, an actual business, and then the dentistry to be the dentistry. So um, that's what we work. We work with dental dentists who are kind of building businesses 
three locations, 10 locations, 100 locations, and we teach them how to go from being, you know, kind of a dentist to an entrepreneur to an, an executive is what yeah. we call it, or a CEO. Um, so there, there's a lot of ways we do that. We, we have three, a three-part framework. One is grow yourself, grow your team, and grow yeah. your business. And throughout those, depending on, you know, what's, what's hottest for you or what your audience finds most useful, we, we go dive deep into each of those aspects. I'd, I'd love to hear about the, you know, grow yourself. Because I, yeah. I think that's huge. You know, we, everybody kind of knows that, like, to be successful, you have to you know, yeah. be that person that deserves yeah. that success. Um, but I think we're seeing it more and more in the coaching space is, you know, executives, CEOs, entrepreneurs it, are starting to realize, like, I am the biggest bottleneck. Yes. Right? Like the, the team and the business yeah. will follow, but I have to lead first. Yes. So, uh, so we, we break up into three things. One we call it clarity. Yeah. Um, so as an entrepreneur, you clarity know, clarity of vision, clarity of clarity of everything. I mean, yeah. the, the further you get in your entrepreneur journey and the more you realize like the tactics are out there. Yeah. If you surround yourself with the right people, like if you told me, uh, you know, I, if I wanted to start a podcast, I would know to call you. I would know to call. I would find some people who started you, a podcast. You know that it's figure outable. You just it, need to go Google and talk to a couple of people and it's done. It's figure outable. It yeah. was, so as you get further down your entrepreneurial journey, you realize that most things are figure outable. Yeah. Where the rubber hits the road is getting clear on what you want to figure out. That's right. Like, so, so the clarity is a huge aspect. Then we go over to what's called, we call executive capabilities. So there's yeah. just these skills that you need. Um, as an executive, and then we call the third part peer connection, which is the idea of like not doing it alone, mm-hmm. finding community, and putting it together. So within the, the executive capabilities, you you really nailed it. Um, there's a saying that we talk about, which is like, "I will scale at the speed that I delegate," or, or "You scale yeah. at the speed you delegate." So, you know, the framework is like when you're growing fast, it's how do I one figure out what I'm exceptionally good at, mm-hmm. right? I'm I'm a ten out of ten. And shed as much of the rest off as fast as possible. Yeah. So, so the quicker I can delegate the things that I'm not uniquely good at, the faster that we will scale. So that one's huge. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So that one's huge. And then there's a bunch of clarity around what are you really good at? Yeah. Have you, I don't know if you've gotten into like Dan Sullivan's unique ability. Um, no. Thing. Okay. This is really cool. Um, you can look it online. You can, you can buy his little workbook. Dan Sullivan has a bunch of stuff around this. Um, but it's a little exercise you go through where... Um, you want to find out what I'm, you know, you're uniquely mm-hmm. good at what, what have you been put on this earth for? And, yeah. and what you do is you end up reaching out and, and asking like 20 people yep. what they think you're really you're good, good at, at and what, and what, where they find you provide unique value. And so I did this like three years ago and i and it was, it's mind blowing. Like even, yeah. even if you think, well, you most, know, most of the time, like you don't think you're good at something because totally, it comes totally. easy to you. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So, so, so either one, you're going to be completely blown away and, and like, grateful and humble like wow they think i'm really good at this you know what i mean <laughs> yeah or um it's gonna be something completely different like wow i thought i was good at this and there's everybody says everyone else thinks i'm good at this yeah right so so that's a huge exercise and any, anyone that i've talked to that's gone through that um i did it like between christmas and new year's eve that like real reflective yeah week you yeah. know that we all go through and it, it totally changed the course of what i was doing so i found people liked that i like build community i make them feel comfortable in groups that i'm warm I was like, wow, this is, I thought I like got stuff done quick, you know, like <laughs> I thought I was the productive guy. Yeah, no, yeah. it was all about like community. And so uh, I've, since that, anything over time that's not within that, I'm, I try to work myself out of eventually. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Dude, this is, this is all really insightful. I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, one thing, one thing I actually do want to point out for anybody out there, you know, we're talking about delegating, you know, staying in your zone of genius. Um, you know, for anybody who's just starting your business, do you have any thoughts on delegating too quickly? Well, this is the thing about business is um, when you're first starting out is you, you've got to do a lot of things pretty well, like pretty good. Yeah. So this is, this is kind of like, 
there are some entrepreneurs who immediately like the Richard Branson style who are like, I'm dyslexic. I don't know a whole bunch. I know that I'm good at like rallying people and, and, and setting a vision. I suck at everything else. And so he just went full on. And that. he goes full on that and he got to find a bunch of people to fill the other roles. Yeah. Right. But because he's so good at the vision and yes. the delegation and the leadership that yep. that happens. And a lot of time you need partners. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if, if you're really good at one part and you just don't like the rest of the parts, you've got to get good at finding the people who do the other parts. Yeah. Right. I was a little bit the opposite. I always tell everyone like, I'm like a six and a half at like most things. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I can do a lot of things at a pretty decent level. Um, the, the, I'm not like a 10 out of 10 out of like very many at all. So, so what I, the way I looked at entrepreneurship, I would get things going. We call it like spinning plates. Like I'll get the plate spinning. Let's call it, um, you know, cold calling, right? Yeah. Like finding our first clients. I cold called. I'm not like a 10. I'm like a seven. I'll pick up the phone. But you got the framework down. You got the ball rolling. I got and the ball rolling. And you were able to hand a wobbly spinning plate to somebody else. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so I, that's been my philosophy. And I think knowing yourself, cause some people, are good at that kind of stuff. Well, I think one one thing to kind of do talk about here as well, because I think we've seen a lot of starting entrepreneurs that you know they have this idea of like, oh, this is my zone of genius, I should stay here, and they end up what what they end up doing is they end up trying to pawn off things just because they're scared of doing them or they don't 100%. want to do them. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, I'm bad at sales and marketing. Let me just go pawn this off to this person. Yeah. Right. Well, it's like, well, how are you going to know if they're going to do a good job at selling or marketing if you haven't even done some of the work yourself exactly I, I love what you're saying because it's very easy for like me who's 12 years into it to yeah. say like oh you gotta delegate time right? to delegate yeah like, like when i first started out i was doing every single thing every single yeah. thing from the from minute one calling people oh you're oh you're interested um i guess i'll be at your house put on the calendar i'm now the admin person yeah and then i have to create a sales presentation oh you're interested in that i have to go back okay put them in the system figure out a What's our CRM system? How am yeah. I tracking these people? At least get these plates spinning. Ha yeah. yeah. So, so in the beginning, yeah, you got to do a lot. I mean, it's like there's no easy answers, right? Yeah. Either either you pawn it off or like trust other people and you're going to end up going through a million people and they're all, you know, <laughs> all you know, going to break down and, and yeah. suck or, or you get really, really good at finding those people. Yeah. Or you get, you know, or you do it yourself for a while and, and get yeah. a, we call it, you know, like a working knowledge. You get like a working knowledge. Working can, enough, enough to be dangerous. Yeah. Enough so you know what good looks like. Yeah, I think you that's know? important. Like a designer, you know, like you got to understand design enough to know if this designer is okay or not. Yeah. You know, so. Kind of important. That's the hard part about entrepreneurship is you got to be good at a lot of different stuff. Yeah. You know. Um, so I've got some questions for you personally. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I, you're, you're, a, you're a learner. You're, you know, despite what you said, you, you have a history of poorness like you mentioned or uh grown up in a trailer park uh you don't seem broken like, what are what are some of the habits that you've kind of implemented over the years to to be who you are now yeah well um a lot of therapy yeah. <laughs> i mean oh yeah, yeah i'm so so I, I, I think a lot of people think that therapy is for people that are broken well okay so i i met my now wife um yeah. many you know not probably what's eight years ago and um, she's Australian. Yeah. And um, we share that. As you know, we so, share that. Yeah, yes. This is one of the reasons we get, you know, we have a lot in common. And um, I, I just, I mean, I lived in Cincinnati. I sold everything and I moved to Australia with her. Yeah. And I was in a new country. I was um, like away from my business. I was in, like, living with somebody I'd never, and you know, I'd known for, like, for like three months. It was kind of crazy. 
And, um, and yeah, we, we had a lot of conflict, mm -hmm. a lot of conflict. And so I realized that I had a lot of work to do. Yeah. Um, and so I think when you start with that humility, I was going to say you, you accepted that you had work to do. So it became quite clear. <laughs> there was no, there was no way around this. Well, one. if you take ownership, right, if you have conflict with somebody and you think you're contributing, you know, my fundamental belief is I'm contributing to the conflict yeah. always. So, um, and so, yeah. So if I know, um, that, that I'm contributing, then. What, what, why would I say no to things? Like, why would I not yeah. try everything? Yeah. You know? So, so yeah, I've, done, I've, I've tons of therapy, tons of coaching, um, tons of meditation, tons of retreats, just all the things. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I always tell people, uh, you know, like, what's the difference between coaching and therapy? Do you know? No, but you probably know. So, yeah. yeah. So the difference between coaching and therapy is coaching is before you have a breakdown. Therapy is after you have a breakdown. Exactly. That's it's exactly. the same. It's the same thing. It's, it's the, the same, same thing. thing. It's yeah. the same thing. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and the coaching, you're a lot smarter to do the coaching. Yeah. The Just get it before. Yeah. But if it's already happened, go get it after. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, and I think you've done, some call it personal work, doing yeah. personal work. Yeah. Um, but seeing myself doing a lot of it and then seeing enough people go through, there's there's kind of a pattern, which yeah. is this idea that, you know, one, taking ownership of my life, anything that is not how I want it to be, I'm contributing to that. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, going in and deciding to do the work yeah. and the path of the work usually looks like diving in your childhood yeah. and figuring out, uh, you know, where some things went awry there yep. and then becoming um, okay with that, like accepting those yeah. as part of you. And then that helps to fix or I don't say fix. Re releasing a lot of the emotional. Exactly. Effect. So for anybody who's interested in digging more into this, by the way, we dig into this in depth in the Shit You Don't Learn in College book. Uh, so you can go to sidlickbook.com, S-Y-D-L-I-C book.com. We dig into your subconscious where all these traumas come from. So Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, the more the more you dive you dive into this, like for me, there was a time when I got really and I was like, okay, this is the key to everything. Yeah. You know, we can talk about entrepreneurial tactics and delegating stuff, but like you really want to find success and I def I define success as like being able I was, to I was gonna ask that by the way. Yeah. What, what do you define success as? Well, being able to uh, set forth an intention and then have it happen. You know, yeah. it's like to me, fundamentally, um, that's like if, if we can equip everyone with that, like decide what you want yeah. and then then, and then give the you ability the ability to truly create it to go to go do that. Right. Uh, yeah. So I, I think that's good. The, the more I kind of dive uh, down like that path, the more I realize that this is the this yeah. is the way to get there. Yeah. Is doing that kind of deep work. Absolutely. Uh, on yourself. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, do you have any weird daily habits that you do? Yeah. That most people don't do. Well, I mean, you, so, so we talk, I mean, we're just downstairs. We talked about me throwing myself into 30, yeah. 38 degree freezing water every morning. Totally. But, I mean, I, I, you know, again, having, having been in the game a little bit, you know, the, the, the morning routine thing is like, everyone wants, loves the morning yeah. routine. And, I, and I, I love the morning routine too. Um, I'm trying like everything. Yeah. I mean, you do yeah. like, the, the, the whole checklist. Um, you know, yeah. Cold, cold plunge and stretching and meditation and, running and um visioning yeah. and walking and all these things i i mean so at the end of the day it's kind of like principles like what what has really stuck with me out of all those kind of things it's all fun to try and i think it's fun to keep it different mm -hmm. each each day um one is journaling yeah. like I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a little bit obsessed with like like hoarding questions so i've got like a hundred some questions that i've hoarded um 
just inquiry, right? Because I, I believe like, you know, like critical thought questions. Yeah. And even bucketing it. So, so, so I really like, um, distilling what is right. Yeah. So when we talk about questions, a lot of people throw out like, I like this question, but I'm like, okay, what are you trying to solve with that question? Yeah. Right. What's the yeah. purpose behind the question? Exactly. Yeah. So I like to like start with the problem, like, um, resolving conflict. Like I'm, I'm conflicting with people at work or I'm conflicting in a relationship. Like I'm feeling anxious or something. Yeah. So what are the questions there? So I have like seven questions for that. So it's like, or something, you know, like, what am I, what am I doing to, to contribute this? What does the other person think that I think? Yeah. I was going to say, what do they think is going on? In my yeah. What, what do they think I want? What do they think I want? What do they, what do they really want? You can do an exercise where you like journal from their perspective. Like, yeah, literally like in first person, like, Oh, I'm, you know, Jake is annoying me so much. So, so there's like resolving the conflict yeah. one. There's gaining clarity. There's like, um, there's you like, sure you don't have a PhD in psychiatry. Well, it's, it's funny, you know, <laughs> I, there's, there's a school of thought. This is the further you more, the further you get down entrepreneurship, the more of a philosopher yeah. that you become. Um, but, uh, so yeah, like, so yes, I am. So, I mean, I, I enjoy it. Um, you know, breaking through mental, um, barriers, like limitations, like mental limitations, like I can't do that. Or, or even like breaking into like, what is possible? Yeah. Right. Like, oh my gosh, I could. I could do that if I, I didn't realize I could even do that. So, yeah. so I really love uh, the journaling and I love walking. I mean, I'm, I'm in 10,000 steps. Like yeah. everyone kind of calls it, they call my old man walks. Yeah. I'm always on old man walks at all, at all times. So those are the kind of ones, there's a lot of tactical ones. I mean, we do cold plunges. I'm a huge fan of cold plunges, saunas, all that kind of stuff. But those are the two that have like landed for long term. Dude, that's, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah. Um, I, this has been absolutely awesome, man. I mean, we could keep going, yeah. um, but I want to be, want to be conscious of your time. So want to, want to thank you for that. I think our audience has gotten a ton here. So, uh, dude, thank you so much. Awesome. And, uh, good luck to everyone on the journey. It's, it's like the best journey I think you could be on. And you found a good person here in Xander. Absolutely. Help. So for everybody out there, uh, Jake, where can they learn more about you? I mean, everybody listening, you have a dentist, <laughs> right? So, Go to that dentist, tell them about Jake, tell them about DEO. Where can they send them? Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of cool. Like, I, I'm not like a, a personal brand, you know what I mean? So, like, yeah. I, I mean, you can follow me on any of these socials. I'm not yeah. super active on them. But you can go to deodentalgroup.com. That's our, our current business. We do have a – if you're a little bit interested, it's so random. But there's a Facebook group where we interact with our clientele. It's called yeah. DSO Secrets. Um, DSO Secrets is kind of where you'll see me do, like, a lot of Facebook Lives and stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a good place. Awesome, man. I love it. Yeah. And for all of our shit you don't learn in college fans out there, like we mentioned earlier, uh, you can now get your book on pre-sale, Shit You Don't Learn in College, at sidlicbook.com. Uh, go ahead and go to sydlicbook.com and check it out now. All right. That's all we have for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And if you did, please share this episode on your social media and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. We can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with the others that need it. So we really appreciate the support. Thanks a ton.